lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you never seen it. Sports cards live and none could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. Well, all right, everybody, we are back. Welcome to episode number 184 of Sports Cards Live. Today is Saturday, May the 20th, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee. I would like to thank Jason Koontz from Otia Sports for joining us last week. Great episode. Check it out. Tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern on the channel, we will be covering the PWCC Weekly Hockey Auction with none other than Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show. And on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, is episode number two of Taking Stock, a new show in collaboration with the Sports Card Dad Network, featuring myself and Dennis Zender, also known as PC with DPZ. You may know him from his collector series that used to broadcast to the Lucas channel, but is now on the Sports Card Dad channel. On episode two, we will be taking stock of the issues with sports cards as investments. I'd like to ask you to join over 300,000 people who have already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Google Play for quick comps and card management features. Their app is the fastest and most accurate at card shows or at home to help you price your cards. Build, organize, and share your collection with friends and find other collectors to follow using their new social sharing features. They have some exciting new partnerships coming soon. Please stay tuned and join me in supporting the great team they have there and the innovation they are undertaking. Also, use protection, practice safe swaps. Veriswap is an app middleman service that lets you securely trade cards through the mail. Every transaction up to a million dollars in value is fully insured by their guarantee. To use Veriswap, simply upload your inventory, make trade, partial trade, or full cash offers, and negotiate with thousands of traders Already on the platform, check them out on iOS and Android. It's part of a special offer. Your first trade on Veriswap is only $1. The referral link is in the body of the description of this video. Check it out for your convenience. Also, check out HobbyNewsDaily.com, guys. Daily dose of hobby news and entertaining content. It's a collaboration from various content creators and original writers and just launched last month. Shout out Leighton Sheldon, Just Collect, Vintage Breaks. Leighton will be joining us a little bit later tonight for the Vintage Spotlight segment. And as always, thank you to our loyal viewers and listeners. If you're not yet subscribed to the channel or following on Spotify, please take a moment and do so. Let's get to it, though. Let's get to it. Tonight's guest started in the hobby in the early 70s buying discounted hockey cards at the candy store because, well, he was after the gum. I remember that gum. That was delicious. He picked up the pace at the dawn of the junk wax era and got away from the hobby in the early 1990s and was in and out through until the pandemic. He started his Sports Cards Lessons podcast in 2022. His favorite teams are the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Kansas City Chiefs. His favorite athletes are Wayne Gretzky, Alex Ovechkin, Mike Tyson, and Trinity Rodman. Originally from Wallingford, Connecticut, currently hailing from Plantsville, Connecticut. Let's bring him out. Ken Cairns, welcome to Sports Cards Live, and how are you today? Wow, Jeremy, what an introduction. Wow. I I am doing great. I'm super excited to be here. I spend uh, many Saturday nights in the audience watching, and it's kind of cool to be on the screen tonight. Well, it's good to have you, Ken. Welcome to the show. 
Uh, you had me on your Sports Card Lessons podcast a few months ago. We had scheduled a home and home, right? We like to do that. We had scheduled yep. to have you on my channel. We we actually scheduled you. I didn't realize that you were scheduled to be on April the 15th, which I then reached out to you. I said, hey, Ken, can we reschedule? Because that's my three-year anniversary on YouTube. I'd like to do something kind of special for that uh, to celebrate that. And you were gracious enough to push back. And here we are today, finally. But you know what? Right before we went live, you told I said, how are you doing, man? You said, I'm good. I'm tired. I spent the day at the Fenway Card Show. Before we jump in and learn about you, how was the card show? How was the Fenway Card Show today? And what is the? Why is it called the Fenway Card Show? Well, it's at the the it's the Fenway Card Show because it's at Fenway Park, you know, where the Red Sox play. And uh, this is the second uh, card show they had there. Uh, I did not make the first one. I made this one. Um, it was fun. It was a great show. Uh, it's it was my first time. Being to Fenway Park, I'm not a baseball fan. I've never been to a professional baseball game. So it was my first time going there and and just being able to walk out and look at the field and things like that was just it was really kind of a cool, a cool thing. But the show itself was great. You know, it's a rainy day up here in the Northeast. And the show, if you've ever been to, you know, Fenway was under the bleachers. In the walkway, the runway underneath where you go down and, you know, you buy your 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 soda and your beer or whatever. So that's where it was. So when it started raining, you know, there you, you can see the water coming in from, you know, it, it, it was working its way towards the vendors, let's say. But uh, it, it, it held off enough. It was a great day. Lots of people, lots of crowd, you know, lots of sales. So that, the hobby is definitely alive and well when it comes to card shows up here. And you were set up as a vendor or you were walking around as an attendee? Uh, as a vendor. Yep. And you said sales were good. So you did a, a nice amount of deals. Were you happy with your volume of deals? Yep. Yep. Absolutely happy with it. Um, uh, you know, I sell everything from dollar cards up to, you know, three, $4,000 cards. So uh, every show is different for me. And I, and I always, say use the phrase know the show well i didn't know the show so i kind of brought everything right because i had no idea do i bring the little stuff the big stuff so i brought everything today i was the guy with the the buffet on my table a little bit of something for everybody but yeah sales were great yeah it was uh it was a good day and we're so people it was a good day he says so so one thing that always comes out of you know the the narratives from card shows are some people will say, well, nobody was in, no one was buying, everybody wanted to trade, or it was really healthy. There was lots of money moving around. Was there money moving around today, or was were people looking to trade, or a bit of both? It, you know, it's a lot of both, and you see that at every show. And, and I understand what you're saying because certain shows you go to, you know, people just aren't buying. Uh, but, you know, I think where the, the state of the hobby, where it is right now, I've noticed the trend where, after national the national last year, I noticed the buying going down, and then probably just before Christmas, we watched it start to go back up. And yeah, there was a, a lot of cash sales today. A lot of people were buying, which is good. It's just a good sign that there's strength there. Well, that that's good to hear. So good day overall. Did you see any of your pals there? I know you're you're part of this Wolfpack crew with Rob Gerard and the Cousins Collectibles and a, and a few others. 
uh were you uh did you yeah, see rob rob and there? i we carpooled as we usually do and uh, we were set up together yeah, yeah. oh good good yeah. good all right well let's uh now that, we, now that we've broken the ice here a couple of comments georgetown looking forward to it this comment came in a few hours ago before we started but glad to see you georgetown paul lack welcome to the show 90s hockey collector studio sports is back mark santucci good to see you david kaplan is here from vancouver dave Nice to see you. Joe Perot says one more Saturday, one more in a long line of Saturdays, Joe. Hello, Collector's Dream. We have Al here. Al will be our guest next Saturday and Lapper in the house. Good to see you, Aaron. I also want to point out Dave Kaplan here is one of the partners of the people who have actually contributed the giveaway for tonight. We have a giveaway tonight, everybody, and I'm going to let you see what it is right here. There we go. Dave Kaplan is partner Mike Chark from AA Sports Cards. Just offered to do a giveaway, two hanger boxes, one of the 2018 High Number Baseball Heritage, and one of 2019. So we're going to get to those. Uh, later on, we're going to do those. So stick around. You're, it's going to be real easy to take part in the giveaway. So thank you again to check out at AA Sports Cards on Instagram. And uh, and on actually, I'm going to show you this really quickly here as well. There's on the ticker. Uh, you can find them on aasportscards.com. On, on eBay, they are called Vahuda, V-A-H-O-O-T-A. I'll leave that up there for a few minutes. But again, thank you so much uh, to you, Dave and Mike, for the for the giveaway, for sure. Sports MD Card Collector, good evening. Scott Hirschman, welcome to the show. I love, thank you. I love when we have someone, you know, Ken, someone always listens to the podcast and then they come over to the live. Love it, Scott. Welcome. Tyler, good evening. Mookie Chilson, as always, in the house. Glad Big Ken is on board. Why do I have to ask Ken? Why do we call you Big Ken? Because I've met you. You're not that big. <laughs> well, it's really funny because in my family, you know, I I had uh, Ken Jr. Right, so they called me Big Ken and him Little Ken. Right, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny because my it, it, my brother-in-law, we have Big Tony and Little Tony. It was almost like a you know, it, it 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 stayed in the family, right? Everybody, we had big, big and little. So right. yeah, not 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 because of my size, just because I was older. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. All right, I got, I got. Because when I met you at the Toronto Expo in person for the first time, I thought, I thought, okay, Big Ken, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go. But I love calling you Big Ken. It's like calling a real big guy Slim, you know, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. So uh, glad to have you. Reno Reigns says, Ken, appreciate your insight. It has always been hobby relevant without all the glitter. And yes, if you are not yet subscribed or following Ken on, on YouTube and his podcast, Sports Card Lessons, I've been listening for a while, which actually, let's go right back to then, Ken. So I... I first heard about you because, you know, Rob Gerard is, goes, is the sports card therapist. He's a friend of mine. I've been following him for a couple of years now, listening to his content, watching it. And next thing you know, he's talking about his buddy, Ken Karen, sports card lessons. And so I went to listen to your podcast and I was traveling. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm traveling. I was walking through an airport, either LA or Vancouver. I don't even remember. Had my ear pods in. And I'm listening to your podcast and you were talking about touring all the car all the lcs's all the card shops in winnipeg canada where i'm originally from and i'm listening to you talk about these shops and people that i knew i'm like this guy's using his time to talk about card shops in winnipeg which is not a huge it's a you know it's maybe 800 900 000 people not a not a major major city but a big city nonetheless and um, i just really liked hearing about that and i've been listening to you ever since and as 
Reno here said, you just kind of break down what you're doing and uh, talking about your thoughts of the week and that kind of thing. So uh, I love it. That's how we first met. Hello to you, Skeppy, Bobby, Bobby Slim here, Bobby Perel calling himself Slim and Jeff Hart. Good evening. Oh, Jeff's going to try to make it to Fenway tomorrow. Well, make sure you go say hi uh, tomorrow to Big Ken, Jeff, and uh, tell him you saw him on the show here. So, okay, let's keep on going. Um, I'd like to hear a bit about your history, Ken. When I In the intro, I did mention that you've been in and out of the hobby, like many people were from, say, the end of the 80s until the pandemic. But why don't you just talk a little bit about you know, when you came back in the last couple of times, what really caught your interest in, and, and maybe what this time has you feeling like you're in this thing for the long haul now? Yeah, I, I think coming back into it and and it's funny, you mentioned the Wolfpack earlier uh, and it was really, which I didn't realize at the time was that Wolfpack mentality. When I came, you know, when, when I was doing it other times in my life, I was doing it by myself and, and when you're doing something by yourself, it's only fun for so long. Right. And I think when I came back in this time, I started meeting people. I, you know, you mentioned uh, Rob Gerard, the sports card therapist. Uh, we became very good friends and it was being introduced to a community. Right. So everyone I started meeting in, in, in the hobby, I started to become friends with. And I think just becoming part of that community was, was so much bigger than just the collecting itself. I want to say the people that I was meeting was bigger than the than the collecting itself. Well, of course, the collecting and the cards are main, you know, are, are you know the main reason we're here. But I think the people keep us here. I think finding your place, finding your people, finding the things that you all have in common, um, it, it's easy to get in and it's easy to stay in and it's really easy to enjoy the hobby. Now, I know from talking to you and listening to your podcast that you collect hockey, among other things. You're in Connecticut. So explain to the audience, what is your connection to hockey and why do you collect it? So my my family was from Canada. They moved down from Montreal to Connecticut. Uh, and, you know, hockey was in the family blood. Right? You know, once it's there, it's there. And uh, as a young kid, you know, we were probably the only hockey fans in our neighborhood. Um, and, and you know, we talk about, you mentioned earlier, getting the discount hockey packs. Nobody bought them. I mean, they had all kinds of packs of cars, but nobody bought hockey. Hockey was the, you know, always down on the end on the discount. Uh, but we still, you know, the family still had ties to, to Montreal. My grandmother was still there. My grandmother and Gump Worsley's wife were friends from church. You know, they were... We were, we were able to, when Montreal would go to the Stanley Cup, when they would win the Stanley Cup, things like that, we would get passes. We could go to the Montreal Forum if they were in the playoffs. We could go to St. Catherine Street for the, for, for the parade, you know, where they're parading the Stanley Cup down St. Catherine Street. So this stuff was happening to me. I wasn't even 10 years old yet, right? I was, I was very young when this stuff was happening, and, and it just became a part of, of who I am. We watched hockey. I knew all the players. I, I, I knew everything about hockey, but I was, we were the only family that did, right? I, I mean, I think it, it, it's safe to say it wasn't until uh, U.S. won the, uh, the gold medal in 1980 is when hockey really boomed in the States and it, it, it took off from there. But as a, you know, as, as a hockey fan and a player, I played hockey my whole life. I was in on the ground floor, you know, here. 
on hockey. That's pretty cool. So you, you mentioned when the Miracle on Ice happened, the gold medal in 1980, you say hockey boomed in the U.S. It's kind of a strong statement to say hockey boom because we're still challenged, you know, to get a lot of hockey fans in certain regions in the U.S. But eight years later, Wayne Gretzky gets traded from Edmonton to L.A., another sort of boom, if you will, of hockey in the States and then expansion in the NHL to all these other uh, cities and, and southern, you know, southern uh the Florida teams, the, the 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 Texas teams, the Arizona team, California mm-hmm. and all that. So mm-hmm. it did lead to a lot of that. Uh, but again, you're at the Fenway show today. Was there, you know, Fenway, there's a, there's a hockey team there. Was there a lot of hockey there? Were you selling hockey? Was, uh, or were you the only person walking around that you think might've been interested in, in, in hockey? No, um, I was selling hockey. There's, you know, hockey has become pretty big around here, especially, uh, you know, here on the East coast, all the shows I go to, and I'm like, you know, I do a, a, a Long Island show, the, uh, the Hofstra show on Long Island. And I'll tell you what, there was probably more hockey at that show. The only other show I saw more hockey at was the Toronto Expo. You know, I was just amazed how much hockey was there. And, and, and I can tell you that people coming to my table today, I did have some hockey out. Of course, we're at the end of the season now. Right. So only only the players who are really still playing, you know, may may their their prices may be up. But but a lot of it has has dropped back down now. So a lot some of that hockey I put away now, I don't put it all out. And I had people asking, like, do you have any more hockey? Do you have this player that because now people are coming and asking for once they see hockey in the case, you know, whoever they collect there in Boston. I mean, you're in Boston, so that's a big hockey town, too. Mm -hmm. So. It's an original, an original six yeah. hockey town. There's only six of those, so that's pretty cool. And I guess you know because you, because you do your podcast and people listen to it and they know you collect hockey. I'm guessing and and, and deal in hockey. I'm guessing people come to you looking for hockey. Uh, is that is that the case? Yeah. Yeah, they come looking. They like they know what I have. I usually have you know a good amount of, of Alex Ovechkin. So, you know, pretty popular right now, right? Um, The Gretzky cars, the Gretzky rookies are always very popular. But then you have the whole wave of young kids coming in looking for you know, their players, you know, who who they're looking for, who who they want to, uh, you know, who they want to, you know, they just want to collect. And I have, I bring, I have a whole dollar box, five row, and they're all, you know, some base cards and things like that, that, you know, I sell out there at 25 and 50 cents. Those kids love them. They come through and they dig through them and and find who they're, who they want to collect. And it's, you know, it's probably more work for me to do it, but I just love to see the kids down there, you know, finding, and, and the parents are like, oh, thank God. Like I found a, found a box that's a dollar and under, you know, because a lot of these cars, they're very expensive. You know, the kids say roll up and, you know, they want, you know, they want a card. It's uh, it could it could cost a lot of money. Yeah. Some cards they want could be five figures. No problem. They're not they're not going to get them, but they certainly uh, would want them. Last question on Fenway. Were you do you you said it was your first time doing this show? Were you rec- do people recognize you when you're set up a card show from seeing you on YouTube and listening to your podcast? And what's that like for you? Yeah, that that's great. That's probably one of the best parts of setting up as a dealer, hands down, is the people coming up to the table and they'll be like, hey, Big Ken, 
and then I'll wait for it because I have no idea who they are. You, you must get that too. You know, people, you're very recognizable, right? And they come up and then you're waiting and they introduce themselves. And a lot of people I'll shout out, you know, when I meet them at a show and they'll come see me, give me your information. I'm going to shout you out on the next podcast because I love that. And I really want to attract more people, you know, to come in. And, and there's a good amount of people that come see me and say, you know, this is, this is who I am, but I don't, I don't want to be shouted out. I just want to come tell you, I love what you're doing. Yeah. yeah that, that's always nice. Yeah. I, I do get recognized. It's from my hairstyle. That's what people <laughs> tend to pick up from and remember uh, of me. Uh, let's say hello to Willie T says, not familiar with Ken yet. Should be an interesting one. Well, happy to make the introduction. Scott says, big Ken, are the shows getting busier or slowing down? Oh, definitely getting busier. Definitely getting hear? busier. Paul yep. says, watching the show with poutine on the table. Let's talk cardboard. I love it. Colin Murray, what is going on? And Mark Santucci says, I'm in the lower state, New York. I like hockey, especially one of the teams that starts with the Montreal Canadiens. He wants to know, Ken, what part of Connecticut are you from? The New York side or the Boston side? I, I'm really right in the middle. And when I say I'm dead in the middle of Connecticut, and I'll tell you what, I could have a neighbor on one side of me with, with the Boston flags flying and on the other side with the, 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 the New York stuff flying. So it's, uh, it, it's right in the middle. And there's a lot of argument arguing going on all the time. Love it. All right. So now tell us a bit about what you act, what you collect. We've talked about, about hockey but I want to hear from you, you know, what do you collect, but how do you approach the hobby and how has it evolved for you over the past? Well, as long as you want to cover, I really, I really want you to share your approach, your experience, your, your approach, maybe what you were collecting before, how the evolution of your approach has impacted what you're collecting. So please take it away. Yeah, so a lot of the uh, collecting I did back in the late 80s, early 90s, we know it was a lot of junk wax. Uh, and what I liked was I got a lot of in-person auto cards. So that was, it was, you know, probably the end of the 90s when eBay, the early 2000s when eBay was really starting to come along. And uh, I used to go on and I used to buy a lot of those cards. Now, a lot of the values of those cards aren't, aren't great, but I actually love those cards. So, you know, that was probably a great lesson for me that it wasn't about, you know, the value It was about really what, you know, collect what you like, you know, getting what you like. I kind of lost focus on that when I came back into the hobby, because it was a whirlwind when I came back in to start collecting, going in the closet and pulling out all those cards that I had you know, picked up through the eighties and the nineties and the two, you know, the early two thousands and then started setting up at shows and then getting involved, like figuring out you can buy on eBay and where, where everybody was buying again. And, you know, even though I, I you know, I, I was a teacher my whole life, I'm a, I'm a great student too. So I can talk to people and really get information to figure out where, where to get the, 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 you know, where I should be buying cards, things like that, what I should be doing. I'm not saying I listened all the time, but you know, I, I heard it. And, um, when I started setting up, I started buying the cards that I thought everybody else wanted, right. To what, what I thought was going to be selling. And 
at the end of the day, after I say at the end of the day, after about a year, the first year of doing that, I said, you know what, I'm going to step back because even though I think people want basketball and baseball and all these things, I really don't follow those sports. I really can't talk about those sports. I can't, you know, really have a great conversation with somebody at the table. And, and I really enjoyed the people and I wanted to have these conversations. So I went back just to just started putting in the cases, the things I knew about. Right. I started putting hockey in there. I started putting, you know, Mike Tyson cards in there. I started putting football, lots of football. I, I know football inside and out. So then my experience as a dealer changed. And that's kind of where the, the podcast was really, you know, it really picked up speed because I came in, I'm talking about the podcast. I'm talking about all the things I'm doing. And then there's a few episodes where I said, okay, wait a minute, I have to make changes because. I'm going down a road that I'm really not, I don't think that it's going to be good for me. So I made a bunch of changes and, uh, you know, I fell in love with the hobby all over again. Yeah. I love that because one thing that, that happened to me in my collecting journey is that I found myself boxed in for a while into what I was collecting and it would include some pieces that I just didn't love, but I, I, I needed them because they were on a certain checklist or a, or a set registry, or a set, or a theme. And I realized that, you know, I don't want to be a slave to a checklist myself. A lot of people do, and they want that structure, and, you know, go for it. I understand that. But I also have said before, and I think where you and I are alike this way, is that I think it's important to allow yourself as a collector to be fluid and to kind of try new things and to stop collecting certain things and even sell cards from your personal collection because you may be going in a different direction. I think we should, I think we have to allow ourselves to no longer like the things that we have and not feel bad or guilty about it. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even some of the stuff I do have, um, a lot of what I do in the hobby, the hobby just really, you know, pays for my PC. And I think a lot of people you know, do the, do it the same way. And sometimes you get a card and it's in your PC and you really like this card. And then you see some other cards that you're like, I'd really rather have that card. And then what do you do? You, you start moving some of your, the, the, even if it's the same person, right? You start moving some of those cards to, you know, uh, you know, allocate money to go buy th this other card that you want to get. And it's okay to say, and I've done this, like I've collected people. And then I'd say, yeah, maybe that wasn't for me, you know, and it was okay that I would sell those as a dealer, right? And take that money and buy the cards that I, I really wanted to buy for myself. Yeah. I mean, you think about player collecting. I think we all player collect to a degree. Not everybody, but, you know, a lot of collectors do. The common question is, who do you collect or who do you PC? And I always say, well, it's what do you PC? Because you might collect a set or a team or not necessarily just a specific player, but I've collected players before. I, I still do. And, and I sometimes wonder to myself, do I, and let's face it again, some people have 3000 cards of a certain, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about it. I'm only talking about my own approach. And I think trying to bounce it off of you right now, but like Dale Howard, Chuck hall of fame, hockey player played for the Winnipeg jets. And then a few other teams later, um, that's his name spelt out of, uh, out of from, from the cup, right? The, the noble plates. And I, you know, I was up to like 300 cards of his. And I thought to myself, do I need 300 cards of him, of, of Dale Howarchuk in my, my collection? And then I 
I started realizing that a lot of when I first discovered eBay in the very late 90s, Dale Howard Chuck, and there'd be like six different cards available outside of his 90s Opeachy base card stuff. And I remember dreaming and wishing for more and more cards. Here we are 23 years later, and there's a lot of, of, of options. So the cards that I discovered in 2001, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. aren't as interesting to me. They were at the time, they were the best cards yeah. I had. And now they're not as interesting because there's been so many more beautiful cards that have come out. So I find myself willing to sell some of the cards that I mm-hmm. that were very important to me back then. And I wonder yeah. to the chat, like, has that happened to any of you guys who've been collecting since the 80s or 90s? Have you gotten away from some of those cards that were early targets of yours? And how about you, Ken? Is, is that something that you've gone through as well? Uh, yeah, I, I would say yes, because a lot of a lot of the 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 hockey, you know, like the uh, the Yarmir Yagers, uh, you know, the in the early day, you know, it's like getting those, like the 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 Gretzkys, the second year, the third year Gretzkys. Like I had all these cards, and and I did not own a Gretzky rookie, you know. So when I came back in again, I said. Well, I have all these, you know, OPG, you know, second year, third year Gretzky's that the values where when I had them, like I, some of those were packed pulled, right? They were, you know, remember, remember you used to have to scrape the, uh, you know, scrape off the, you know, to see, to reveal what it was going to say underneath, you know, like, like a lottery ticket, you know, some of those. And, and I never even scraped them because I thought, well, if I don't scrape them, they'll be worth more someday, right? So just moving some of those cards into some bigger cards because I, I, I think, you know, back in the day, I don't think we really thought Wayne Gretzky was going to, you know, his cards were going to, I don't think, I mean, we knew he was going to be a great player, but we didn't think his cards were going to ever cost this much money, right? So you know, if I would have known, like everybody says I would have, but I've done that. I've moved some of those earlier cards that people are very happy to have, right? Because they missed out on them. And there were cards like they weren't like these cards were in pristine condition, right? Perfect condition. And and I moved them to somebody who is absolutely ha- happy to have them. And then I get to move into a card that I'm absolutely going to be happy to have. Exactly. Right on. All right. So we're going to do a couple comments here. And thanks to the guys who have actually answered the question that I posed. We'll read those right away. And then once we're done that, we're going to bring Leighton Sheldon on. He's sitting in the green room right now for the Vintage Spotlight. I know, Ken, you got a question ready for Leighton. And just uh, also to let everybody know, we do have a giveaway tonight. We're going to do it a little bit later. But let me quickly, again, flash what that giveaway is going to be, courtesy of AA Sports Cards and Vahuda on eBay. A couple of uh, Topps Heritage High Number Baseball uh, I don't, I think hanger packs, I suppose they're called uh, very nice. Just a contribution from these guys. Very grateful. So stick around and uh, we'll be giving those away a little bit later in the show. But Larry Morris said, are the whalers coming back? I mean, the whalers became the Carolina hurricanes and they are playing mm-hmm. right now. I was just checking my phone. It's tied one, one against the Florida Panthers with uh, six and a half minutes left in the third period. What do you think? Ken? the whalers ever going to come back? Well, it won't be the whalers, but our, our governor is uh, meeting with the uh, commissioner to try to get the Arizona Coyotes to, you know, we want to offer them a brand new, uh, uh, you know, arena here in Hartford. And uh, I know it's all the rage right now in Connecticut because I had season tickets to the whalers. I missed the whalers when they left. Right. So, 
um Ronnie yeah, Francis I mean, and Ray Ferraro we, and Mike yeah. Mute. We we and you know you know it's funny all all those whalers that stayed they became they started these hockey programs here that my kids played in you know growing up in here in Connecticut. Um, we could only hope we have a great market here. You know, I, I think if a professional hockey team were to show up in a Hartford, they wouldn't have any trouble selling out that arena. Well, that would be, that would be pretty cool. If I love the, I love the Whaler colors, that uniform. I still go after some Ron Francis cards where he has, where it's Whaler. All right, Leighton, keep holding on. We're going to do the comments and we're going to get to you, buddy. I promise. But first, Willie T said with all American teams left in the playoffs and all being Sunbelt teams, is there interest in the state still? Seems like Canada has been, interest has faded a bit. I'd say it's definitely faded a bit up here, but I'm still very excited to see what's going to come from the NHL play. We're down to the final four, so it's going to be interesting, but definitely not uh, the biggest markets uh, that are left. 1956 Tops guy. Matthew says, I turned straight into the cards from well before I was born. 80s were fun, but I was attracted to the classics. So he got into the, yeah, I, I love that. 90s hockey collector. At some point, I sold everything to start fresh and focus. Some people want that complete reset. Sell everything and come back fresh. Mark Santucci, my answer to the cards I have, which I don't have a lot of the same players, so I'm not tired, and I'm not selling the players I do have. Very good. Paul, I'm in the early 30s, but I remember all supersized fries I bought at McDonald's at Paul Korea acetate cards. Very nice. Hello, Jeff McMahon. Bobby says, yes, Ken, 80-81, top scratch off are cool, and only tops did that, and only the one year. Only the one year. Al G says early cards might not always have the same eye appeal or type of memorabilia, but for me, they provide a sense of history. I haven't moved any of mine. And, and I think Al has what 3000 Jerome McGinley cards, something like that. So it's good to hear. Good to see. That's the thing. We are all so different in the way we do this. Triple V says I used to be obsessed with modern back in the eighties to nineties. Now all I mostly care about is vintage and pre-war how time changes. Yes, for sure. Collector's dream is rooting for the Panthers. Dennis Zender is with us. And again, Dennis and I will be hosting Taking Stock on Tuesday when we will be taking stock on the issues with sports cards being investments. Mookie Chilson says, sadly, those Ranger fans used to invade Hartford Arena, make it a blue shirt home game. That used to happen in Winnipeg too. Mookie, whenever the Leafs or the Habs were in town, there'd be more Toronto or Montreal fans in the Winnipeg Arena than the Winnipeg Jets. And Larry Morris says, love it, still wearing my Whalers hat. I love it. Okay, guys. Let's bring on Leighton, Ken, and uh, let's do our vintage segment. You got a question for him, and he's been up to a lot. So, Leighton, welcome back. How are you? I got to say, it's nice to see you in a quiet, contained area. You're not walking the streets in New York. Uh, We're going to be able to hear you, and we won't get motion sickness. So, it's nice to see you sitting down in your home. Oh, Jeremy, thanks for having me. It's good to see you, Ken. I'm happy to be here. My son's in the other room, you know, quietly on his tablet, Jerry, when I got off the phone last week, there was like, you know, a swarm of, let's just say, people who were in need. And, you know, they thought I was like, you know, Vince Vaughn's cousin. I'm like, no, I swear, you, you can look up. I'm not him. Uh, I have no money for you. I have love, you know, if I can help in any way. It was really, it was a little crazy. So I appreciate you being patient, uh, your audience as well. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, you, you are welcome. It's good to see you. Uh, were you at the Fenway show today? No, I have Crosby this weekend, so I wasn't able to do that. But we were rained out of baseball, so I probably could have made it up there for a road trip together. But who knew oh. that we were going to be rained out yet again today? 
And before we get to uh, Ken's question for you, uh, following you on Instagram, which everybody, if you're not following Layton or Just Collect or Vintage Breaks, it's on the ticker right now where to follow him and his podcast, Trading Card Therapy. But you recently uncovered more wonderful cards that you are going to be offering soon. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your latest adventures of treasure hunting with Layton Sheldon? Sure. So uh, recently... Um, I went out of town and I had the good fortune to meet with a collector who's been collecting since he was a child. Um, but one of the really interesting things about this individual was that, and I hadn't met someone like this in a long time, he'd actually been collecting vintage PSA grid cards for about 25 years. So if you look at when PSA actually started grading, he was pretty close to the beginning. And so what I found, um, was, you know, obviously looking through his cards, there was a lot of, you know, older graded cards. And I know people, you know, always talk about grading standards and how they've changed and evolved. However, if you had the foresight that this gentleman, and actually he recruited kind of his wife to help out uh, in the collecting as well, um, he was buying strong, you know, centering as far as what he was looking for and great eye appeal 20 years ago. So I'm looking at a 52 Bowman Mickey Mantle PSA 7 that I think I posted on IG, I'm not sure. I mean, the thing's dead not centered. If it was graded today, it might get a seven and a half. You know, who knows? Um, and so that quality was was strong throughout the collection. And it was amazing to go through it. But it was one of those types of, of deals where, you know, usually I'm someone who likes to either buy everything or, you know, if you don't work it out, you know, you don't get anything. And so... I didn't buy everything. I didn't walk away with, uh, thankfully, nothing. Um, but it kept, like, whittling down. So, in other words, he had well over a 1,000 graded cards. Uh, he said, oh, pick out whatever you'd like. Keep in mind, I'm thinking that means I get to buy. You know, I'm paying him very strong. You know, we kind of talked about some of the parameters. So, I picked out about 400 graded cards. Wow. I do all the work. You know, and, like, he's like, oh, wait, am I bothering you? No, no, no. Just, you know, keep talking. I'm, you know, four Clemente 62, sure. You know, do I need one of them or four? Yeah, put four in the pile. Who cares? <laughs> so, you know, I'm going through and, I, and I'm adding, uh, you know, the cards to the pile. And um, I ended up having some uh, dinner with friends that evening in the area. Uh, went back to the hotel, did work on those cards. Woke up early the next day, did work. Sent the spreadsheet over, you know, uh, to his wife to evaluate. And I fully went in there thinking I was buying, you know, 400 grade cards. So even though I wasn't buying everything. And so... That's when the real negotiations apparently began. Okay. And I'm not going to, you know, um, take your audience through all the trials and tribulations of this particular treasure hunter. Um, but let's just say I'm, I am happy in the end. I believe the collector is happy. But, you know, you don't always get what you how want. Many, how, many, how many cards did you end up getting? 136 PSA graded cards. That's not bad. I mean, you wanted 400. 136 is still, in, it's still oh, a listen, nice no, haul. No one should feel bad. I spent over yeah. six figures. Uh, you know, it, it's just that. I feel like, you know, no matter where you are in life, right? You know, if there's extra cupcakes, even though you had one at the party, you're like, oh, there's extra cupcakes. I'll have another cupcake. And then, like, you know, one of the adults comes along when you're a kid and they're like, well, you know, I'll have that cupcake. Meanwhile, you already had one. So, yes, Jeremy, I'm very happy with that's the deal. Great. That, that's uh, a, but I'm that's trying a... to be I'm trying to be as honest as I can yeah. and share with your audience an authentic experience that happened to me because it's not always like, well, I just go hit the road and I just do whatever I'd like and I get to buy everything. It just always happens and it's easy. No, you, no it's not, not easy. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, you, got... 
even as right. they, even as a dealer, people come up to the table and they think that, you know, I just have this special magical place I go to, you know, and, and I pick up all these cards at 70% of comps and then I bring them over to the table and I lay them out and, you know, now I want 150% comps for them, you know? Life, life and, is really just that easy, Ken, right? Yeah. You know, we, we've all heard the uh, expression, I'm sure, growing up, like the money tree. Well, let's coin the phrase tonight. Guys, there's no card tree. <laughs> It takes a lot of work to go out there, even as a collector, right? Like I've got to know Drake kind of offline. And I met him on your show, Jeremy. Drake doesn't do this for a living. He's not a professional treasure hunter, but he cares. He's very passionate about what he wants. And that takes work to network, to follow up, you know, and all that good stuff. So, yeah. um, Ken, yeah. that's very, very true what you what you just yeah. said. And, and to get the deal done, right? Because you can do all that stuff. And never and never get the deal done. You could do put all that work in and then walk away empty-handed and then start over again the next day. Uh, I'll leave you with this so we can change subjects, but I know this is a good sports metaphor. I'm not going to get into the detail here, but you can check it out on my blog for the full, the full story and the video of the future at blog.justcollect.com. I was on like the half-yard line, I felt like, of the whole deal not even working out. So we went from that to like buying 136 high quality for the grade, you know, PSA graded vintage cards from the fifties and sixties. So it's just amazing. Like what happens in life, right? You know, it's you it's nice to hear that that collector was thinking that that way 20 years ago and really trying to buy cards that were nice for the grade. We, we say that now buy cards that are nice for the grade. And I didn't start doing that till probably 10 years ago. I think it was when I first met Jeff from card country at the sure, national I bought a lot of cards. You know, you know, he sets yeah. up with Brady Hill. Though, though he at least they used to. It was yeah. it was those guys that taught me about strong for the grade when I first met them. And maybe it was 2012, 12 or I don't know when it was. Early 2010s. Uh, Bobby Burrell says, "Damn late, and now I want a cupcake." Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Very, very. And Collector's Dreams said, "Saw the video. You got some incredible cards. That's great." And Michael Ham, what is going on with you, buddy? Good to see you. And I, I got to do this one too. Scott Hirschman here says, do Canadians hate the U.S. always winning the cup? I think the answer is yes. I think Canadians would like for a Canadian team. It's good for the economy, right? It's good for the economy and the morale. That's why Canadians would like for a Canadian city to win the Stanley Cup. All right, Ken, did you have a question sort of specific for, for Leighton tonight? Yeah, I did. Uh, so Leighton, on, uh, on my podcast, uh, one of the questions I like to ask people all the time Um you know, I know you do a lot with vintage and a lot of different types of cards, but if you could only collect one player, who would it be? I mean, you know, I feel like I I would not want to narrow it down to one. I guess I'll give you two. One would be Babe Ruth just because ever since I was a kid, certainly, you know, learned about him, was infatuated with what he did at a time in the game that no one else was doing it. And now that I have a few shekels, I enjoy, you know, collecting what I can afford, right? And obviously the Ruth markets matured a lot over the years. Um, you know, back when I was a kid, I collected three players, non-vintage, and I had my binder. I had my binder for each player. And so I collected Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Donnie Baseball. And, you know, if I could do it again today, uh, I know my son has his headphones on. I hope that my son has a favorite player or a favorite gamer of some kind and really that we get to collect the serial player together because I didn't really do that with my dad. And yeah. so if I'm able to do that with him, I think that could be more important than collecting any player that I could possibly imagine. What Absolutely. about you, Ken? Let's turn the question on you. Sure. 
Oh, turn it, turn it back to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, it would, it would be Mike Tyson for me. That's yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. I, I, I like that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'll answer it too then, but I'm going to, I'm going to kind of cheat. I'm going to, because listen, I would go with, with my favorite guy, Timo Solani, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have enough cards. I don't find to collect. So I would probably end up going with Wayne Gretzky taking the easy way out. Cause he's just got a great selection of cards. Yeah. So, and I, I think that's hockey. I think that's one of the things though, you know, like for me, like trying to find the Mike Tyson cards, the ones that I want, you're right. The early upper deck ones. I mean, to me, it's a, it's the chase and, and Leighton, probably a lot with what you do. I mean, you're hunting, you're out hunting cards, right? So for me, not on that level, but trying to find these early upper deck Mike Tyson cards, they're, they're not easy to find. And I enjoy that. I enjoy the, the, the hunt of it. Yeah, listen, you kind of gamify it. It makes it a lot more fun. Um, I guess I'd like to ask my own question, like, Ken, Jeremy, of both of you and then maybe the audience. I think it'd be kind of fun. But along those lines, so, you know, right, I'm looking for cards in a professional sense. I collect also. I have a PC. But we talk about this all the time in our office when we get leads that come in. And I'm sure you guys are going to feel the same, both, you know, you gentlemen as well as people watching. But, you know, not every card that's worth $1,000 gets you as excited about the next card that's $1,000. So if I could ask you two guys in your audience, if you could wake up tomorrow, it's realistic, right? You know, you're not going to find 100 packs of T206s that have the cards in them. But in terms of what's realistic, and if you want to say Wagner, go right ahead. But if you have to talk about a realistic find that you could make either at an antique mall or your cousin Betty tells you about it or your, you know, um, co-worker, if you think about what you would like to manifest as far as a card find and to be able to buy it, maybe keep some of it and then resell the rest. What would it be for you guys? Go ahead, Ken. Uh, I'll let you go. I got to think about this. For yeah. A minute. So what came to mind for me, Layton was a find uh, that contained hall of fame rookies from like the fifties and sixties. So I'm, I'm talking about the Jim Brown's rest in peace, sure. the, the Bobby halls, the, the 61 Fleer basketball cards, the Pete Rowe. you know, listen, I'm maybe I'm being greedy here, but that's, Hey, listen, that's, no one gets to, to say what's right or wrong about that. Right. You know, I'm taking yeah. some notes because I don't think I can afford all this for your Christmas gift, but we'll yeah. see. <laughs> but that's, oh. That's where I would want to be, would be that kind of stuff. And, you know, throw in, uh, uh, God, I mean, God, there's so many wonderful cards from that era. Even even the year that has the Lou Brock and the Gaylord Perry rookies, is that 61 or 62? Yeah, like that era, I would love. I'll leave it at that. How about you, Ken? So for me, it's a little different. I'm more of a modern guy. And, and I, I do have to say, I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life. Right. And unfortunately, I started collecting after Patrick Mahomes was a rookie. Right. So I would have to think, it, you know, if I could wake up one morning and, have, you know, be able to go and get the 2017, you know, Mahomes before, you know, while he was sitting on the bench and Alex Smith was playing, you know, that time period where, you know, it was, you were able to go out and buy or, or rip or, you know, do whatever, get all those cards. I, I think I would have quite a Mahomes collection that I would keep. Um, I, I don't collect really collect Mahomes because it's what I sell, right? It's, it's probably my best seller in my, so even when I get these great cards, it's, it's easier for me to put it in my case and move them 
than to to collect them. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes good sense. All right, so Layton, hang tight. We'll go through the comments, see if anyone else answered your question, and then we'll let you go. And thank you, as always, for joining. Mike Petty here said, I like to buy cards that are bad for the grade. Then I set records for cards that are better than the grade. I think you're not alone. I think that's what a lot of people do. That's part of evolving and, and learning as we go, Mike, I would say. Uh, Mark Santucci would like the Montreal Canadiens to win the Cup. Uh, they're a far way away from that. Not going to happen this year. Stuke said, I'd like to see the Jets win. I think he's talking about the Winnipeg Jets. Lapper said the Las Vegas Golden Knights had 18 Canadians dressed for their Game 7 win. Not a Canadian team, but we know where we stand. Very true. Very true. Colin Murray would collect Willie Mays. Stukes would collect Roger Maris. Mark Santucci would collect Nolan Ryan. So I, I like some of these answers for sure. Uh, Scott said, after the Penguins lose, I always pull for the teams from Canada. That's very nice. Sports card professor said, I did not know that Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky is a collector when I mentioned on a prior show that he was the part owner of the Honus Wagner T206, the PSA 8 copy, which um, I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's a collector, Mr. Professor, but I know that he was a 50%, I believe, investor in that card with Bruce McNall back in the 90s and bobby burrell says an no un an unopened box from my birth year the hint hint is the tall boy so 1964 bobby i'll, I'll nice. let it i'll let it out of the bag right then and there and collector's dream says another mr mint fine case of 52 tops high numbers sure. that'd be amazing philly joe would collect babe ruth that's right in line with leighton sheldon and hockey barn says 61 62 tops bruins Boston Bruins team card featuring Willie O'Ree. It's only player playing era card appearance, right? On Larry Morris would collect Robert Gordon Orr, also known as Mr. Bobby Orr, number four. All right. Leighton, anything you'd like to uh, mention before you head out? You know, I feel like this is going to sound snobbish, but in terms of what I would like to show up, other than like the biggest unopened find of all time, would be either someone who meticulously ate the Cracker Jacks in 1914 and put the card back in the box because there was no factory sets. Or in 1915, when they actually did have a factory set where you could have sent away, I guess, a quarter and a few coupons, um, I would love to see or, and actually obviously own uh, a 1915 Cracker Jack set from the factory. Uh, I think that would be it for me. That would be amazing. And, and thank you for answering that yourself. Uh, my bad for not turning that around on you. Earlier, Scott Hirschman would take a Jackie Robinson rookie. I don't blame you. Uh, 48 Leaf being my choice. Well, all right, Leighton, thank you again for joining. Always good to see you. Thank you for your support and uh, enjoying your content. So check him out, guys. Trading Card Therapy is the name of the podcast. Leighton underscore Sheldon on Instagram or Just Collect and Vintage Breaks. Thank you, Thanks buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. It was nice meeting you, Ken. Nice meeting you, too. Take care. Take it easy. And again, everybody, I want to thank for I want to thank Double A Sports Cards, Mike Chark and Dave Kaplan for tonight's giveaway. Again, we're going to do that shortly, but just so you can see what it is, they have uh, just volunteered and said, "Would you like to do a giveaway on the channel?" I said, "Sure." And this is what they are going to ship. It's only I have to mention it's only open to Canadian and American residents. So just want to put that out there. My, our apologies to anyone who does not live in Canada or the United States. You need to live in one of those two countries to uh, to, to claim this giveaway, which we will get to uh, in a little bit tonight. All right, Ken, let's get back to it, though. So you just mentioned that you would collect Mike Tyson 
And I know that you have a wonderful Mike Tyson card that comes with a story. You're a guy who likes to collect cards and you say every card has a story. I'm looking behind you. I don't see it there. I feel like I saw it there the other day. You, um, well, you you did. I took it out so I could showcase it here on the on the show. Well, let's talk, tell us a story about how you acquired. Talk about the card. Show it. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Let's hear that story. So it was a card uh, I was looking for for a long time. Uh, it was the 2013 Upper Deck employee. Uh, they only gave the. There was a set of cards these purple PMGs, they only gave them out to the employees for as a, as a Christmas bonus. Uh, and this was the Mike Tyson one. I'll just hold that up. Um, so it was a card that I had been looking for for a long time. And I knew where one was, and it was just out of my price range. And I went, as you know, I went to the Toronto Expo uh, back in April and uh, my first day there, I was walking around and I and I had hockey cards to sell. I mean, that was kind of my goal going up there to sell some hockey cards. And uh, my first day, I saw this card in a case and and I I I thought it was undervalued for price, you know, and it was I was excited. I was excited for this card. I just, you know, you talk about every card needs a story. I, I could have just went and picked the money up and, you know, cause it was a cash only dealer, just picked the money up and just, and just bought the car. That would have been easy. But, you know, I set a goal for that weekend to start selling these cards that I have to get up enough money to Canadian money, right. To, 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 to buy the, uh, the Mike Tyson. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first day I was there was Friday and, you know, I did very well selling and, before I left, I went and checked, you know, I peeked in the case, make sure the card was there. Saturday morning, I came back, same thing. Now, in the middle of this, I'm meeting up with listeners. I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm going and meeting up with you and everything else. And uh, yeah, it finally worked out. We we were so close. I mean, I was so close to have all cash that, but I just couldn't sell the last few cards. And uh, I went back to him. I said, look, I said, this is where I'm at. And this is what I have left. If you could find the difference in these cards, uh, you know, we, we can do that. And now I have to, I have to ask a question. I got to interrupt here. You, you made sure the card was there Friday before you left Saturday, you go back on the show floor, you go see the card is still there. What would you have, like you moved some cards on Friday. If you had gone back Saturday morning and the card wasn't there, what would that have done to you psychologically for your whole trip up to Toronto? It would have given me a whole other story to tell, you know, the the one that got away. But uh, Jeremy, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I'm always half full on the glass. And if I went back and that card wasn't there, I would have said, you know what? It just wasn't meant to be. You know, it, 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 it'll happen. I know it'll happen. I, I guarantee I bet everything on that it's going to happen. But maybe that just wasn't the card for me. And, and, I, and always it was, say, I always say, Ken, there's always more cards to buy. And there's likely another copy of that that will come your way again. But please pick up where you left off. You were saying that you went back and you asked him to see if he could find the rest of the value in the cards. Yeah, find the rest of the value. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a it was a busy day because it was Saturday. It was late in the day on Saturday. It was a busy day for him. And I waited a while. And, uh, yeah, he came back and he said, we can do this. He found a card we can do. And uh I got that card. I hugged that card. You know, mm -hmm. I took a picture of that card. Uh, 
of course, put it right out to social media. All my friends back at home who knew that I was really looking for this card. I went to you. I showed you it, my other listeners that were there. I showed them. I, you know, I was I was like a, I was like a little kid. You know, with, with a brand new toy, I had to show everybody. Um, and and one of the one of the best things that happened with this card was the uh, the following week. There was it when I got home from Toronto the following weekend. There was a, a show in Massachusetts that was about you know a two and a half two two hour and forty five minute drive that I I'd never been to because you know to go there for one day that's a whole lot of driving. But I I, I discovered Mike Tyson was going to be there at that show, so I said I've got to go. I've got I got in the car. I went up there and he doesn't sign cards. Obviously I wouldn't break this out of a, out of a, you know, PSA slab to have him autograph it. But I went and had a picture taken with him and, uh, you know, I had him hold the card, you know, so here's a card. He did, he, he didn't sign the card, but he still held the card. Right. And, uh, if, if you want to see that picture, just go to my Instagram. It's, it's up there. Uh, very proud of that picture and the card and being with him. And it was just, just a great moment. That's really cool. And I know who you got the card from in Toronto, uh, Carlos Diego from the Sluggers 55 Instagram yeah. account. And he's always someone who I think will try to work with you. You know, yeah. he wants to, especially when you show a strong interest, he's, he's a, he's a good guy, a great, a great uh, dealer who, who sets up at the expo and the national and the Burbank show and the mint collective and yeah. just an overall good guy. So uh, glad to see that you were able to work with him on that. You know, it's it's one of, you know, when you set up as a dealer as a show, I see these kids come all the time and they look in the case and they ask me and like, will you, will you trade for this? And no, I won't trade for that. But then they'll keep coming back and say, I've gotten this card or I sold that card. I have this much money. So they'll come and come and go. And I felt like I was that guy. I felt like I was that guy at the Toronto show with, although I wasn't interacting with him. I just kept coming back saying, okay, it's still there. It, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's really cool. So, talking about setting up at shows, when you when you set up at a show, do you go in with a strategy? Do you can you give some insight to the audience as to as to you know what what maybe a typical vendor might be? And before I say this, like I have to understand that a lot of people watching set up at shows too. So you know we all have our own strategy, if you will, but do you have a strategy that, that is like the, the, the big Ken strategy for card shows? Uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when you did this, I think that presentation is very important. You know, when I show up with my cases, I make sure my cards are, you know, the, I, I try to put my more expensive ones in the middle of the case and then work my way out to the least expensive. I make sure that the cases are cleaned. I bring cleaning, you know, solutions that, you know, so I make sure everything looks good. It looks sharp. And I think presentation has a lot to do with it. The boxes are ready. You know, people can go through the boxes and when I'm setting up, I look to my left and my right and I don't want to put stuff where it's not going to get seen or, you know, it's going to get buried between the the product, you know, the tables on my left and my right will be. So I, I think there's, if, when I first started setting up at a show, I went up, I dropped my case, I put my stuff in and it took me a long time walking around, realizing what other people were doing. And, you know, just, they always say you, you're the sum of everybody else. Right. So no matter what you're doing. So I just kind of went around and, and I, and, you know, I just figured out what people were doing, what successful people were doing at shows. But I think at the end of the day, 
the absolute most important thing is me. It's 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 the people. It's me. It's how you interact with people. I think that's so important. And and being able to, you know, know how to talk to people, how to treat people is really important in this because a lot of people can be dealers, but they may not be personable people, right? They may put their stuff in, sit in the chair and never say anything. And some people will buy from them, but some people get turned off by that. And I just, I, I think it's so important, uh, you know, just to interact with every single person that comes to my table. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you, you've come up with two really, uh, a recipe, if you will, for card show success without, you know, you need you need the inventory or you need the selection of cards because as nice as you may be or as well presented as they are, people are only they might not buy cards just because they like you. But you 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 said you honed in on two factors there: personality and presentation. And I think you are right. There's a there's a monthly card show here in Calgary that I go to, and there's one vendor who's got the dirtiest showcases. They're fully you can barely see through them to see the cards. And I always kind of say to them. His name's Rick. I'll just, I say, Rick, why don't you get new glass hobs? Like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm too lazy. I'm like, oh, dude, like you'd, you'd be a bit more. So I think you'd have a better show if you actually put some effort into the presentation. Just like if you've ever worked at a restaurant, the, the presentation of the food on the plate is that's what a restaurant hangs their hat on a lot of the time. Yeah. How does it taste? But the presentation, I think it's, I'm maybe I'm, maybe you and I are a minority, but I don't think so. But I feel like presentation is so important because I will walk right by a booth if it's if the cards are wrapped in elastics and, and in stacks of in stacks in the in the showcase. I just don't even it's just I, it's just not for me. I'm not attracted to that type of presentation. So presentation and personality, I think, are two uh, great criteria for a recipe of success as a dealer. So I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Anything else you'd like to mention about setting up? Um. No, you know, I, I think getting there early, right. Yeah. Getting, getting there early, get set up. Uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a hobby hack, right? You get set up. You, you're the first one in the show now, right? You could run around and look at everybody else's cases, you know, and, and more importantly, interact with the other dealers too, because I think sometimes that's where, that's where the best deals get done as far as finding product, you know, whether they're going to be your PC stuff. Or are you going to drop them in your case? I think that's the, uh, because like on a, on a day like today, you know, we got up there, we set up, but once that show started, it was busy all day. It was busy all the way till five o'clock. So five o'clock came and they were saying, okay, it's time to break down. I hadn't even had time to go around and look at, you know, at other people's stuff. So I, I really had no purchases, you know, to speak of for the day, just because the show was so busy. You're right. The hobby hack, get there early because regular attendees who might think they're the first one in the door, the vendors have already combed the floor for the most part during setup. Yeah. And so that is a, that is a, a hobby hack uh, for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, guys, if you're not yet following Ken on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons, and of course his podcast and YouTube channel of the same name also don't forget to check out the center stage app i'm going to throw that up on the ticker right now support the the sponsors that help support sports cards live and of course veriswap as well but we'll we'll come back to them in a moment we'll settle in here on the center stage ticker for a few 
more minutes. Rage is in the house. Rage says, what's up? It was good meeting you last week in at the show, Ken. Very cool. I heard someone mention Rage on a podcast just the other day. Mark Santucci used to do shows with his friend. Very nice, Mark. And Jeff McMahon says, Mike Tyson just did a signing today here in Michigan. Huge turnout. Very good. And uh, D wants to know, where is the Wolfpack event at the National, Ken? Uh, it's right across the street uh, at the... Crown Plaza. <laughs> Crown Plaza, yeah. I got yeah, right, right across the street from National. Thank you. <laughs> and to anyone who wants to come to that, that's a Friday night trade night that the Wolfpack with Rob Gerard, Ken, and others are organizing. And uh, it's a cash bar. I've heard Rob say it a few yep. times. Cash bar. There's going to be giveaways. Yeah, a DJ. Very nice. Very nice. So check that out. And then if you're going to be at the, at the national and you don't, maybe you don't know anybody or you're, you're, you're there alone, you know, you just tap the shoulder of any of anybody you recognize that does content and ask them, I, you know, most, I think most of, most of us content creators can be pretty friendly. So definitely, you know, don't be shy and come out to these events. Uh, the professor says I shared with sluggers about the two stories you shared and you just messaged me that he will watch the stream later. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. I, I know Carlos quite well myself. Stuke says, great points. Can dealer-to-dealer interaction are important to a good show? For sure they are. Scott Hirschman says, I love the way Ken explains his shows. And he does that in his podcasts. So we're going we're gonna to come to your podcast right away, Ken. Uh, Panthers win. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that myself. Very good. That's 2 nothing Panthers. The four remaining NHL playoff teams hurts the hobby. Uh, does it hurt the hobby or would other teams be better? That's a different thing. I don't know if they hurt the hobby, but they don't help the hobby. I, I think there's a slight distinction there, uh, Paul, in my mind, but maybe I'm just being glass half full. All right, Ken, let's talk about your podcast. It's called Sports Card Lessons. Why and how did you come to start it? So um, I'm a retired teacher. Uh, I taught in a prison for 30 years. Um, my, my second job, right. My, my second part two of my life turns into this hobby. And, uh, it was just a way that, you know, I, friends with Rob Gerard, right. Sports card therapist. So he's doing a podcast and we're talking all the time. And, you know, I felt like I wanted to try doing it. We talked about it, but I felt like it would be like copying what he was doing. Right. But what I realize now is there's so many podcasts out there that we all just have a different lane and we're all, we all do our own thing. So mine was really just, here's a guy starting out an older guy, right. Starting out in the hobby and starting out as setting up as a, as a dealer and just learning a lot of things. Wouldn't it be great if I could just every week, just talk to people about, you know, what's happening with me, what I'm doing. And, and some of the things I did, I would go back, you know, at the beginning, if I, if I felt that I needed to change, I would change and I would just talk people through it. But I think kind of what happened is you start to figure out what you do well, right? And that's, I, I think what I do well is I break down shows. And I think people like that the most of, of what I do. I love going to shows. I love setting up. I love walking shows. And I just come with a, a, you know, a great perspective of the show. And I enjoy sitting down and breaking down a show and talking about the people I met and the things I did and what worked at the show and what, what didn't work at the show and things like that. And people love that. So, um, yeah, that's, 
here I, I have um, episode 91, right? Two years, season two. I'm, I'm, I'm over just over a year into it. And yeah, I, I'm having fun. And that's probably the key thing to it. I enjoy what I'm doing. You know, you hear people say all the time, you know, there's no retirement here. There's no, you know, uh, pensions or things like that. We do it because we love it. And I'm just having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. So if you're going to, because if you're having fun doing it, you're going to do it with passion and enthusiasm. And I think that the audience will, will stick with you that way. I didn't realize, and maybe I'm going to try and connect the dots here if there, if there is a, a puzzle to put together, but you mentioned that you're, you were a teacher, you're a retired teacher, but you taught in a prison. You're friends with Rob Gerard, sports car therapist. He's a licensed psychotherapist. Yeah. Rob has also said that he worked in, in a prison with prisoners. Did you guys meet working in the prison? Yeah, we met in prison. <laughs> Did you actually though? We actually met in prison. Yeah, um, and and you know you know how we you know how we actually met is uh, Rob Rob started the like we knew who each other were but he started a fantasy football league, and he came by and he said to me one day he said are you interested in fantasy I'm like yeah absolutely, and uh, yeah that's we I got involved in that we became friends we were friends at work. You know, and then the and, card thing that you had in common too. Well, the, the he actually brought me back in on the card thing too. So it just a, a short story here is it was a few weeks before uh, the last Chicago National, and you know we were friends at work and we were part of you know we talked we were part of this fantasy football league, but he texts me one Saturday night and says, "Do you collect sports cards?" And I said, "Well, of course I do. I have a whole bunch in my closet here, right?" I said, yes, I do. And he called me and we talked and he said, would you want to go to Chicago with me next week to the net? I had no idea what he was talking. About. <laughs> so I said, no, I'm a little busy next week, Rob, you know, to be, you know, getting a plane ticket. But uh, yeah, that's where it started. That's where we started. We communicated. We we talked why, you know, he was out there in Chicago. And that's really what got me back. And he got me back into the hobby. Terry Fortune here says, lots of teachers seem to collect. Can you make sense of that at all or help to verify? Is no. there anything to it or is it just coincidence? No, I, I it may be just, and you're right, because I have a lot of people who, who are in the hobby, who listen to the podcast. I, I probably, I would say probably 30 or so teachers who have hit me up saying I'm a teacher too. So there, there, there is a lot of teachers, but I, I'm just not sure what the connection is. So you're almost a hundred episodes into your podcast. Can you, uh, and again, this is a question just to give some insights into a podcaster for the audience. How has your, the mission of your podcast evolved over the hundred episodes? Maybe how have the goals for it changed? And what have you learned about the hobby, being a content creator, uh, anything you really like. So kind of, you know, 100 episodes in, just to summarize the, my three-part question, what what have you learned? How has it evolved? And uh, how, and your mission, how is that? What is, what is it now? Um, I, I, how I'm going to start with how, how it's changed, right? So from when I first started, um, it's interesting when you think yourself, like, I think this is going to work. I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z. And then you start off like with 
podcasting, right? You get a few views, you have your friends and, you know, your mother or your, your wife. So, you know, people are listening, but not many. But then when you start to really get listeners and, and people following and they start making, con you know, putting comments up and you start, you know, listening to them and then people, other people in, in who are in the, uh, you know, who are collecting in the hobby and they, and they say, Hmm. I don't think that was really good or I don't think that was working out so that I just started listening to people and I kind of started making changes. So, you know, I think the mission statement stayed the same. It was just about having fun. So for me, it was about just putting content out there uh, from my point of view and whoever it would help. I'm, I'm happy it would help. Right. So, you know, as a teacher, it's kind of the same thing, you know, as a teacher, I prepare so well, you know, getting ready, you know, lesson plans, everything. And then you do a lesson plan and then you say, well, this is what worked. This didn't work. And you make changes. And the next time you, you, you know, you're teaching that lesson, you're fine tuning it and you're fine tuning it and you're fine tuning it. And then what happens 90 episodes in or 20 years into being a teacher, you don't even have to go to that lesson plan. I mean, you just know what's going to work. You, you know, you toss that book on the desk and just go because you know this stuff inside now. And I think a lot of when I started the podcast, right, I was doing a lot of reading. I had notes. I had boards, whiteboards with stuff. And now it's a lot of you see me. I'm like looking around. I'm just talking away. It's just me, you know, just talking through stuff so yeah all right well no good stuff love to hear it uh as i had up there mookie chilson says that ken executes a great lesson plan each episode we've got yelia williams in the house good evening to you yelia and the panthers have won the game matthew kachuk already on the hype train he uh he had the overtime goal last game and he has it again today Boy, I sold my Matthew Kachuk cards too early when he got <laughs> traded away from the Calgary Flames. So uh, I hope someone's enjoying those. That's one, you know, sometimes we sell cards too early. All the time we sell cards too early. But I'm actually happy for the person that got a good deal and bought those cards for me when they did because either they're going to sell them, make a profit, or they're just going to know that they got great cards at a better price than they could today. What, what happens to you, Ken, if you... I mean, you're you're a vendor. You set up a card show. You sell a card, and then two weeks later, that player does something that that has an, an instant impact for the better or for the for the increase uh, to the value of their cards. How does that make you feel? Well, it just makes me think that the person who bought that card knew what they were doing. They yeah. were just a little smarter than I was. But I I, I want to say, Jeremy, it, a lot of times as a dealer, it happens the opposite way. You know, you're buying that card and you're saying, wow, this is a great card. I'm going to price it here. And you go to a show and people are making offers and you're like, no, 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 that, that value of that card's going up. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, the guy, something happened. He got injured or he, you know, he, he talked back in, in a news conference uh, uh, against his team. And then you're sitting there with all these cards and now the guy's benched and he's not coming back. And these thousand dollar cards are now worth, you know, a hundred dollars. And, you know, it's, I, I'm, a, I'm usually on that end and I'm like, come on, man, you know, yeah. but you know, always learning, always learning. And it's always, you know what the thing is, is that had I kept those cards through till today, I don't know that I, it's not like I'd go list them for sale. I'd probably like them even more now because 
he's doing so well and you want to enjoy having a part of the the player while they are playing at the the peak of their career which for Matthew Kachuk might just be round three of the 2023 Stanley Cup final playoffs. Yep. So, you know, you it's not like I would sell them now. And then if they get knocked out somehow this round, mm. they come down in value. So you're right back where you left off. Yeah. Timing, it's one thing I've never really tried to do, Ken, is time the hobby because mm. I just feel like I just can't do it. It, it moves too fast. What about you? Yes. So my timing, what I've learned in the hobby with timing is – Stuff that I want to be selling in July in Chicago, I've been I was buying the last two months, and you know maybe even a maybe over the next few weeks or so I'll get some more in, but after that it'll be too late. And I think you know for for me with modern stuff because that's what I'm putting in my case is modern stuff. It's really if you're able to buy it and hold it, you know who to buy, and you can hold it long enough. You know it's like money in the bank. Uh, it, it's going to work out for you. And I think that was, that was the thing I had to learn the most is, you know, being a dealer is I was buying things and selling them too quick or I was holding them too long. I, it was just finding that right time, you know, like you're saying, timing the market to say, and, and I'm getting better at it. I'm seeing the patterns and, and, and I talk to a lot of people. You know, it, people who know me will say they hear from me all the time because I'm always asking questions, especially people that I know who've been in this hobby 20, 30, 40 years. And they always talk about these cycle, cycle, cycle. Right. And, and you know what they tell me? They say vintage. That's the way to go. You know, the guy's not getting hurt. He's not breaking a leg. He's not tearing an ACL. Just go get vintage and you'll sleep like a baby at night. <laughs> yeah, d- definitely. There, there's something to that. I'm. I, th- I think I certainly tend to go that way myself. I want players who are established at least or, you know, active, but almost guaranteed Hall of Famers is definitely something that I like. Back to timing the market very quickly. I do, you know, I don't act on this, but I always find that the, the best time to be a seller is leading is like right before the playoffs or right before the season starts when every player, right before the season starts, every player has potential. So from a average, just averaging out perspective, yeah, you might sell a card too early. The player comes out and has a great opening to the season and you might've sold a bit early, but also those players can get hurt. They can, other things can happen. The team can go cold. And uh, so I find that while I don't act on this, the best (laughs) time to sell is like leading into the playoffs when all the play, all those playoff teams and their fans have so much hope for them. And of course, going into the season, that's, that's been my experience over decades of watching the market yet. Uh, again, something I, I just haven't tried to capitalize on uh, maybe as much as I could. So so in, in Canada with, with the card sales, like I know going to the expo, right? It's not 85, 90% hockey there. Um, through, the, through the hockey season, now we all know right before a season starts, that's where usually the values are up. Um is hockey hot in Canada? Like modern hockey, is it hot all year round? Or does it just get really cool like during the season and after the playoffs and things like that? Because I, I would have to imagine your card shows are mostly hockey, right? When I went to Winnipeg yeah. in, in August and I went to all these stores, that's all they had was hockey. So just just a question to you, like with, with the sport of hockey and the cards, are they, 
obviously they're selling all year round, but is it is the the pricing good on it? Does it does it hold or does it really roller coaster throughout the year? I mean, I, I think the easy answer is you're going to get some better deals in the summertime, but summertime is probably not the best time to be selling for, for those for those reasons. The local card show that I was telling you about that happens here in Calgary once a month, they shut down for July and August. They don't even do it in those months because people are they're not in town. They're out at the cabin or whatever. They're enjoying the weather. So, you know, hockey is a winter sport for the most part. And Canada has winters. So, uh, <laughs> but what, but you know, you said up in Canada, I would actually just say watching online, watching the online marketplaces, where, when is a better time to buy? And I would say the, the best time to buy hockey is probably like after the Stanley Cup playoffs are over, or even right now, there's only four teams left. So you've got 28 other teams to choose from. Uh, and then, of course, the summer, you know, but as soon as like the end of September hits, and the exhibition games are winding down. The season's going to start October 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and there somewhere every year. That's when it starts to get exciting again, because as I was saying before, every every collector's team, every player that all of us collectors collect has all the potential in the world, if they're an active player, yeah. right, to, to have a great season or to win the Stanley Cup or whatever it is. So my buying recommendation, if you can find the cards, is, you know, June, July, August, September. I think that's when you're going to get the best. Same thing I'm doing now with football for for national. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Skeppy has a question for you. What have been your biggest challenges as a teacher? How did you overcome them? I I keep it as hobby relevant as you can when you answer this, Ken, if you can. Uh, Challenge... uh... I mean, it's tough because you're asking me about what's my biggest challenges, and I worked in a maximum security prison, so so I, I had there were lots of challenges there. Uh, but but you know, in the hobby, I I really want to say, you know, it, it's been really positive for me, you know. And I tell people too, like I worked, I, I you know, I just mentioned maximum security prison, thirty years, and I kept it positive. What I, and and that's probably the one of the most negative places in the world, right? And I went in every day. I kept it positive. And, you know, I always say, whatever you're doing, it is what you make it. So if you want to make it positive, keep it positive. Uh, and no matter what I do in life, you know, with this hobby, especially in this hobby, podcasting and everything, you'll never see me be negative. I'm not negative. I won't go on and say bad things about any, I, like, I, I just won't do it. It, it. It's not my lane. It's not what I'll get involved in. And a lot of times, you know, people will, you know, they may attack at me a little bit and, and I just brush it off. I, you know, a lot of it, I won't even, I won't even respond to it because it's sometimes I just think it's silliness. Right. So, um, biggest challenge, just keeping everything positive. I mean, and, and it's where I want to be. It's the space I want to be in a positive environment. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, well said, well said. Okay. Well, let's do our giveaway for tonight. We have a giveaway. So, I'm going to put on the ticker again for everybody. This uh, is a thank you to AA Sports Cards, which is a partnership between Mike Chark and Dave Kaplan. As you can see on the ticker, they do buy, sell cards on consignment, aasportscards.com on the internet, and at AA Sports Cards on Instagram. The YouTube channel is called Mike Chark, and the eBay is Vahuda. So 
It's about a half a dozen things to remember there, but maybe pick one and you will be able to find these guys. The giveaway is for these two products right here. 30, it's like, I don't know what these are called, hanger boxes maybe. There's 35 cards in each one. Tops Heritage 2018 and Tops Heritage 2019. We're going to give away both to one winner. And then I'm just, uh, they also sent me this information right here. 2018 Tops Heritage high number hanger box. There it is. 35 cards. There's Those are the rookies, I believe, that are available in it. And I'll switch to the 2019 as well. Those are the players that are available in that. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. Get your keypads ready. We are going to, we are going to, you're going to have to put in a hashtag into the chat in order to win this. You're going to put a chat. Here's Dave Kaplan himself. This is one of the gentlemen who contributed. He says, Shohei Otani rookie and Vlad Guerrero rookie card potential. That's pretty exciting. I know these guys even. I say that because, you know, people think I'm a hockey guy, Ken, but I, I follow all the sports. Well, not modern all the time. But anyway, we're going to do the giveaway. So here's what's going to happen, you guys. Let me just take that picture off the screen now that you all know what it is. You are going to try to win tonight. We're going to have one winner. You have to be in the U.S. or Canada to win this. And once we do identify the winner, you can send me uh, your an email, and then I will share it with these guys, with and they will ship it to you directly. So in order to, to win, you're going to have to put a comment in the chat, and that comment is going, I'm going to share the screen right now. There is the comment. AA hashtag AA sports cards. You have to put the hashtag in front of it in the comments. So I think you do anyway. Go for it. Type in hashtag AA sports cards as you see it on the screen, and you will be entered to win those two hanger boxes. We have four entries so far, as you can see. I see we have over 60 people with us right now watching. Okay, here come the entries now. Here they come. Bobby Burrell is in. Kelly Winters. Mike Petty. Stukes is in. Narmac. Hockey Barn. Gary Hotch. Or maybe Jerry Hotch. Paul Lack. Rage is in. Lapper's in. Donald Painter. Skeppy. Mookie Chilson. Mark Sakaguchi. Ryan Cola. See, now we find out who's with us, Ken. Now we see who's with us. It's good to see everybody. Sean Red. D. Perez, Willie T, Terry Fortune, Colin Murray, Webo2 is with us, Seb Menard, Parky Dan, Greg C, Studio Sports. Mike Petty says, What's a hanger box? It's a it's a packaging skew, Mike. It's a packaging skew. LGC is here, the professor, Jeff McMahon, Colin Murray, Larry Morris, Yelia Williams, Canadian cards. Anybody else, guys? We've only got Less than half of you have entered so far. Less than half of you. Ken, what do you think? How many should we wait? To, how many entries should we, we have? 32. Should we wait for any more or just draw for this thing? I think two more. All right. Oh, we already Ken got two more. Two more. Those, came, those came pretty quick. We're going to go 10 more seconds. We're going to give you guys to get your to get your entries in. Hashtag AA sports cards to win. The two products, the two bo hanger boxes, thank you to AA Sports Cards, Mike and Dave. And with that, draw. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see who our winner is today. And we got 
Larry Morris with the win. Congratulations, Larry Morris. Larry, if you can reach out to me or send me an email to sportscardsliveshow at gmail.com and we will get you hooked up. Either contact me, Larry, on Instagram or send me an email. Uh, And if you don't have those, just put it in the chat and I will post it in there for you. Let me know how you'd like to reach out to me, Larry, and we will take care of that. But congratulations again, Larry Morris. And thank you to AA Sports Cards, guys. Check them out. They uh, quite randomly just offered to do this tonight. And I thought, well, that's awesome. Very, very nice. And thank you for the guys congratulating Larry. What a nice community we have here. Hey, Ken. I I, I liked Larry's picture. It looked like he had the pit bull with him on his Let's shoulder. Let's see it again. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. There he is. Larry yeah. Morris. I, I have a pit bull myself. And I, I almost almost looks like I, I could see the pit in there. Yeah. So, Larry, uh, you are welcome. Just I, I'm going to assume, Larry, you know how to get a hold of me. So uh, if you don't, and he says, thank you, AA Sports Cards. Very nice. Let me know how let me know uh, how you want to connect, Larry, and we'll get you. Uh, we'll make sure those get shipped out to you. Thank you, Paul Lack. Thank you, Paul Lack. Nice show tonight. So, Ken, we're uh, we're good to, to wrap up. Is there are there unless there are any other hobby topics that you'd like to address i know you and i discussed a few but we don't need to get into anything too crazy here is there anything else you'd like to talk about or mention at all no no i mean i'm just happy to be here it's it's like i said you know i'm I'm always on the other end it's it's nice to be on the screen tonight you know i feel feel center stage and uh yeah and i and i see you know the comments the people coming in and it's just great being on this side it really is just enjoyed I, it. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Oh, well, you bet, man. It was, and I appreciate you having me on, on your podcast a couple months ago. And like you, I always enjoy going on other shows because there's no pressure. You know, when you're, when it's your show, you've got the pressure when you're yeah. on other shows, you can just chill out, relax and, yeah. and answer the question. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you enjoy, you're enjoying this and uh, had a good time. So, uh, well with that, um, we we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up. We got through pretty much everything on the anything about the wolf pack you'd like to mention. Uh, that that great crew you got there and yeah, I mean we 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 have the channel on uh, uh, on Instagram uh, the the underscore wolf pack underscore content. Uh, every Wednesday we get together. There's seven of us, so uh, at least two of us are getting together and dropping uh, a special wolf pack episode every week. There is as well as because everybody's you know everybody has their own podcast, but we just come together, you know, just just uh, you know collaborating and you know just try, try to bring something new out. And uh, yeah, I think it's been great content. We have a lot of great feedback from it. Um, and, and we're all super pumped, super pumped for the trade night at, at, at the nationals. So yeah, we're looking forward to seeing everybody there. I, I mean, I, I know we have a room to, 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 for a couple hundred people and, and, and I think that's going to fill up quick. I think it's just going to be a great event out there. Yeah. Well, there's enough of you guys that form the wolf pack that have audiences that are spreading the word. So, uh, yeah. I won't be surprised if it's lined up out the door, I'm going to definitely, uh, do my best to come check it out and say hello. And uh, uh, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, studio wants no, af- no after hours tonight. Studio Sports, I, I am sorry. No after hours, Paul Lack. No after hours show tonight, guys. My apologies. 
Skeppy says, good show went by fast. Thank you so much, Skeppy. Mike Petty says, Big Ken is a good egg. Nice show, kids. Thank you, Mike Petty. Appreciate Thanks, Mike. that. Tomorrow night, guys, 9.30 Eastern, going live with Josh Madigan. We're going to cover the hockey auctions on PWCC Marketplace. Tuesday, taking stock. Myself and Dennis Zender are going to be taking stock on the issues involved with looking at your sports cards as an investment. I like talking about that. We're going to talk about that on Tuesday night. Thursday, the 25th, is the PWCC Premier Auction. And then next Saturday, where Big Ken is sitting right now, we have Big Al, Al G from Instagram, guy I've known for 20 years or so, will be joining us on the show for another collector-centric type of episode. Hockey Barn says, Mike Chark is a YouTube legend. He's one of the folks who, one of the partners of the giveaway tonight. Thank you, Hockey Barn. Stukes says, always great when I can catch your show. Thank you, Stukes. Always great to have you here to catch it. Rage, as always, good to see you, buddy. Thank you for being here. And with that, say goodbye to everybody, Ken. Bye, everybody. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Thank you, Ken. Hang tight. And everyone else, until we see you tomorrow or next Saturday or somewhere in between, because i got a lot of content coming up, have a great rest of your Saturday night. Enjoy Sunday. And this episode is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.